I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hello, people of the podcasting world. My name is Jeremy, and I'm one of the co-hosts of Sick Boy Podcast. And I'm here to tell you a big announcement. Uh, We've announced it before, but I'm going to make it even bigger. Edmonton, we are inside you right now. We're deep inside you. Uh, We're in your city, and we're going to be doing some stuff. uh, But, but, I mean, stuff that really does not pertain to you, the listener. However, we are doing some stuff that pertains to you, like a live show. It's happening Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, May 15th, at the Foundry Room. Uh, I don't know what that place is like. Never been there. Can't wait. Can't wait to check it out. Can't wait to see what Edmonton has to offer in terms of uh, live show spaces. So tickets are still available. Come on out if you want to see us. Um, we would love to see you. Go over to sickboypodcast.com slash shows and you can get your tickets there. There's still some available. Uh, so Edmonton, come on out. Make some fucking noise. We would love to see you. Now, I'm going to throw it to this week's episode. Very excited, as our guest was a very funny man, um, Adam DeLore. In fact, he is a funny man for a living. He's a stand-up comedian um, and has doesn't have a pulse. How the fuck does that work? I don't know. You'll have to listen to find out. But uh, before we throw it to this week's episode, uh, I want to just say that uh, Adam's debut album, Heartless... <laughs> Uh, I see what you did there, Adam. That's that's a great name. Is available for pre-sale on iTunes right now, today, May 13th. So uh, head on over to iTunes, uh, check him out. Adam DeLore is the name. That's D-E-L-O-R-E-Y. And uh, give him a listen after you listen to this episode. Uh, We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. He was the delight to talk to. And Edmonton, can't wait to see you. I mean, we're, we're in you right now, but can't wait to see you, you even more. Enjoy. Well, this is this is going to be um, <clears throat> interesting as hell because <clears throat> I don't know too much, but what I, what I do know is that Adam. Uh, first of all, hello. Uh, secondly, it you're carrying. You got this like machine that looks like it's attached to you. It looks like a giant battery pack. Is that your fucking heart? It is. It is. It, well, actually, it's a controller. This is a controller. These are the batteries, and then there's a pump in my left ventricle. Okay, so this is that's f- fucking bizarre. So basically, what we're what we're talking about today is the fact that your heart doesn't work or stopped working. I I first went in the heart failure at the age of thirteen, so I have like bad heart muscle. My disease is called cardiomyopathy. So then I went in the heart failure again at thirty three, and then at thirty five, I wasn't getting out of the hospital without this pump. 
It's called an LVAD, left, ventricle, left ventricular assist device, or a new heart. LVAD. So there's no, donors don't come on a shelf, right? So, um, yeah, they gave me this. Here I am rocking and rolling. So this is this is the alternative to a heart transplant. Like they're like, oh, no one, we got we got no hearts to give you, so we're Wait, gonna give you this machine. But can we? We can do heart transplants, though, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm. <clears throat> once I get back to Calgary, I'm listening for a heart. Oh, so you're like you're 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 waiting for a heart. Yeah, yeah. And so they're like, well, in the meantime, just. We'll just robocopy you. Yeah. And, and now you walk around with this machine. Yeah. And this is basically like keeping your, so it's keeping your heart pumping. Yeah. Because well, you still have a heart in there. My heart still beats, but you can't feel a pulse. There's a pump inside my left ventricle Whoa. spinning at 2,700 RPM. Right now, I couldn't feel your pulse? No, you can't feel my pulse, no. Like, give, me your, give me your wrist. I want to be sure. <laughs> Do you know how to take a pulse? Dude, like, if someone fucking just, like, knocked you out or you, like, fainted and someone's like, he doesn't have a pulse. Yeah, I can't fall asleep on public transit. (laughs) (laughs) And they wouldn't even, and they wouldn't, not even for a second would they pay attention to the medical equipment that's attached to his hips. (laughs) That's so Never mind those. He's dead. (laughs) That's so interesting. That's so fucking interesting. Like, is it, it's... I'm. I'm never. It never fails to like amaze me the the, the where we've come with technology in terms of like health uh, innovation. Like it's it, it it's fucking mind blowing. Like it is mind blowing that your heart basically doesn't work unless. Like how does this thing? How does this thing work? Is it like so? You know, people can't see it, right? So. It looks like um, it, I, I call it, it a fanny pack. It looks like a fanny pack. Yeah, right? yeah it does yeah. look like a little fanny pack, and there's clearly like some sort of machine in there. It's got like one, two, maybe three cords coming out of it. One of the cords looks like it, it goes right into. Oh fuck yeah, it goes right into your stomach. Yeah, and then it goes right up to the pump oh, inside shit. my left ventricle, so you can feel it like right here underneath my skin. Whoa! I feel like I feel like the you know there'd be a lot of people that just think that you you just have some severely out of date diabetic. Yeah, uh, no, I get technology. that. Yeah, <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's a guy in our neighborhood that does uh, windshield uh, repair, so he has like a little fanny pack with all his equipment on his belt, and uh, he see me in the neighborhood, and he's like, "What's that for?" Because like, he does competition, right? Like, <laughs> You're like windshields. <laughs> You want to see how it works? <laughs> I, I run it up into my chest and then I squirt water. And this is how I, I'm a squeegee guy, actually. <laughs> so, all right, let's take. How old are you? Uh, Thirty-eight. Let's take this uh, as far back as we can. Um, the well, heart. Eighteen oh five. My great 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 grandmother. <laughs> way back. Way back. Um, where did the Where did this all start? Like, have uh, you always 13. Had, so uh, you've had 13. heart issues for yeah. a while. Okay. Yeah, I first went into heart failure at the age of thirteen. I was actually here in the IWK. Because I grew up uh, in Trackety, Nova Scotia. Herbie and Pauline's boy, if you're ever there, just ask. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Herbie. Herbie and Pauline's boy. <laughs> Makes a mean rabbit pie, Pauline. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was, I was actually on a walkathon. I wasn't feeling good for like uh, two, three months. And uh, everyone just thought I was sick. I'm 13 years old, right? I can't breathe. It's just like, oh, I, he's got a cold or something like that. Then they thought I had asthma. So I'm on puffers, which is speeding up my heart and almost killing me at the same time, right? Whoa. And <laughs> so then my, my, uh, my family doctor took a chest x-ray, Dr. Cudmore, and he noticed that my heart was enlarged. So, and I was on a walkathon this day at school. And I'm on the side of the road and I can't breathe because that's, your heart pushes all your fluid, right? So I had filled up, my lungs backed up with fluid, 
So I couldn't breathe. So I'm laying on the side of the road, breathing, coughing, just couldn't do it anymore. It's like a kilometer in. So then uh, I get home and mom's like, oh, yeah, the doctor called. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> he said to bring you in after after school. And then we went in town and then they looked at me. They And then uh, the next day I came up to Halifax and they knew I was they said a virus attacked my heart. They knew I was in heart failure. My heart was only working at like 15 percent. Whoa, crazy. So, so like, what, what does that mean, though? Like like your heart, the the the, the power of the pump is like is that 15 percent or no it means like if you have 100 milliliters of blood in your heart oh boom boom how much gets out right right so an average man is 65 percent oh oh so i was down down to 15 percent i was only in because i had like a, a four it was sounded like a horse galloping in my chest it wasn't a bump bump it was because my heart was struggling trying to keep Try up to right it's kind of like when yeah. i try to start my van in the morning yeah it just <laughs> Which, takes a little bit to like, turn i mean did, did, was it is it sort of like how um how you know like low blood pressure sort of feels like were you in in terms of like it's just not getting to your body and you feel like lightheaded yeah that was the what the hardest part was the lack of oxygen yeah because i was out of breath everywhere as i went right like i couldn't climb the stairs at school i'd get halfway up and i was a bigger kid too right like so i was like oh i'm just too fat you know i I wasn't huge i was like maybe a buck seventy five ten in grade eight, you know what I mean? Like I was, I, was <laughs> I, thought, you're, I thought you were going to be like in grade, in grade two, just like a buck 75 in grade two. It's no, it's no big deal. They call I was me like, Holy God, that's, a, that's a massive kid. That's a massive kid. <laughs> but so, so when, like when you're at the walkathon and you're like killed over on the side of the road, um, are, are people like, Oh, it's only man. a walkathon. <laughs> like Adam's just milking this because he doesn't want to do the walkathon. Yeah. Or like, or or what's what's the response of the people around you at that time? No, I had a, I still remember the people that were with me: uh, Dahlia the Coast, uh, Pamela Carpenter, and Mark Shea. Those are the four that kind of, or three that hung back with me. And uh, yeah, we were just. And then a, a young girl, uh, Jennifer Boucher, she was driving. She picked me up. What's with you and last names, dude? <clears throat> I don't remember. I can't remember my fucking like girlfriend's last name. <laughs> How do you know all these people's last well, names? I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Small town. Yeah. Well, I met with I met with uh, Dahlia for lunch yesterday too, right? Like it's just uh, yeah, high school friends, right? Right, right, right. Um, There's only eight other people in the school anyway. <laughs> four of the four of them four of them hung back. They're all cousins. They're all my cousins, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So, Sorry, uh, I cut you off there. Oh yeah, no worries. Yeah. So, anyways, it was just that, right? And then, uh, like I say, I got picked up, went back to the school, and then they took me uh, took me home, and then mom took me into the hospital and. Uh, Spent the night in Anakinish. They put me on a fluid pill. I lost 10 pounds that night. I pissed out 10 pounds of fluid that Whoa. night. What's, Whoa. What's that for? It's fluid pill. Did, did take the fluid out of me, right? Because my lungs, like I say, my lungs were filled up with, with fluid, right? Welcome mm. to my life. Yeah. yeah so um, <clears throat> I took those pills and then I just peed everything out that night. Like even now, like my ankles will swell. I wear compression socks when I fly. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, a couple of, about a month ago, because um, uh, this pump, I still have to really watch my sodium intake. So um, my heart is getting weaker all the time. So the last couple of weeks, about a month ago or a couple of weeks ago, they put me back on my fluid pill again. Uh, Just because I was backing up, I was uh, getting more fluid on my lungs. And is that just because because of the capacity that your heart is working at, it can't drain fluid like it would normally? Like, is the fluid normal, but it just doesn't go away the way that it would if your heart was working? It it just pools in places, right, where the heart isn't pushing that hard, is my understanding of it, Mm -hmm. right? So, like, it pools in my ankles because I'm standing up all day. And then it kind of, and then when I lay down at night, I get up to piss like six, seven times in the middle of the night. You know what I've actually found, and I don't know how effective this would be for you since it's a heart issue, and I'm I don't have a heart issue, but um, 
when I'm on planes and I, and I, especially when I do long travel and you go, you know, you have like three legs and you go up and you go down, you go up yeah. and you go down. I, 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 t- I, what I do is I spin around mm-hmm. and I sit with my legs up where my head would be and my head down where my crotch would be. Right. And it's fucking works every time. That is a great yeah. And the, the other one, if you don't want to no look like shit, if you don't want to look like a total ass, then you can, you can sit there and cause I get it in my legs and my ankles as well. And I'll just, and I just flex my legs. And if you do that in rhythm, Interesting. Because what's happening... It's kind of the same thing that fighter jet pilots do. Right, because, it, because what happens is that, is that there's no circulation down there, and you're, and, and you're stagnant, so you're sitting still, and your muscles aren't doing anything. So you can flex your muscles, and that'll start to move blood down towards that area, and then that, in turn, will start to cycle it back up to your heart. Again, I don't know how effective that would be for My, my your Kegels. Uh, <clears throat> I, have, I have such strong Kegel muscles. Yeah. I don't even have to do that with my legs. I just... I just, just pump my dick. I just oh. go, and then I can feel the blood just rush down my legs and back up to my heart, and then back into my cock. <laughs> oh, don't say cock. It's such a gross. It's such a gross word. It's so harsh. The whole, the whole visualization of that was disgusting. <laughs> Here's something for you guys. Look, I, I, my cardiologist prescribes me Viagra. Oh, oh, shit. Yeah, because Viagra was originally developed to strengthen your right ventricle. The, right. the side effects are boners. Right. <laughs> so, uh, That's right. So, yeah, right. Like I take, I take um, 25 milligrams three times a day. And, and I wear sweatpants, so I'm super confident, right? Like, <laughs> I don't care, right? Is, is, right? Does it give you, does it give you like, it, for someone with a fucked up heart, if you take um, Viagra, um, are, are you serious? That's yeah, no, I swear to God. Yeah. So, so if you take Viagra, you got a fucked up heart. Do you still get the boners? You ask my wife. Yeah, she, <laughs> she's running scared most of the time. Right? <laughs> do you do do you have does is ED a side effect of of like your of the, oh no no the no, heart? no 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 that, that was the thing when they first told me we're going to put you on Viagra I was like no I don't want that I don't you know I don't want to get my transplant and then my my penis doesn't work anymore right Ooh, I don't want right. to get accustomed to it now it's like uh, yeah it's like bacon on your burger right I like it uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, throw, just throw it on there just gas on the fire <laughs> when, when I get my transplant I'm not going to return my stockpile I'm going to be like oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I threw them out at home yeah <laughs> hang on to that holy fuck that's funny Man, you know what he, when, you know what Adam was showing us before you got here Jer was um, um, the, the, the sound because he said you know you feel my pulse you can't feel it it's not yeah, there yeah it sounds like a little. You, you, know, you ever hear like the the you go into the basement of a building and you just hear like the faint buzz of the electrical room nearby? Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, it was like um, yesterday when we recorded um, uh, the episode about deafness, and I put the the yeah. hearing aid in my ear, mm-hmm. and I could hear the room tone. Yeah. Well, that's sort of like. I, I think maybe the mic might pick it up. Can you turn the mic up? Like uh, yeah, yeah, I'll jack the gain up on. We're yeah. gonna jack that up and see if we can get it real close to wherever it's going. We'll just get Donovan. We'll just get Donovan to add it. We'll just get Donovan to add it in. You could kind of hear the. Uh, you could kind of hear like the just like the tone of it. Oh yeah, you definitely could. Do do it one more time. Do you see how it changed there? Yeah, a little bit. <clears throat> yeah, Donovan, add something in there so it's real dramatic. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> 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 it's fucking crazy. What I mean, and you know what? It was really extra special. Is he kind of held my head like a little baby when he, <laughs> I do that for everyone. Yeah. Just feel like a big man. Hey, come in here. It felt very, it felt very comfortable. Yeah. That's really funny. Bring so, that, bring, just bring that mic up a little closer to your mouth. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit a bit of a. So um, we were we were 
talking about when you were 13 and you, you went to the, the hospital and they first like told you that, um, your heart was failing. Um, what, like, what did they do at that time to like try to remedy that? There we go. Uh, medications. Um, like at first they thought it was just a viral attack. They didn't know. I have a history of cardiomyopathy in my family as well. Okay. I have some distant cousins. Uh, I had two of them that were diagnosed. They both were transplanted, and they both unfortunately passed away. Okay. Um, but, yeah, at the time, they didn't know I had cardiomyopathy. They just thought it was a viral attack. And then this was like October, and then I went home. Uh, moved back. I didn't go back to school yet. I went home, and then in January, I <laughs> came back to, for them to diagnose me. So they went in through my leg. It's called a catheter, but they went in through my artery in my leg, mm-hmm. and they went up into my heart, and they took a couple uh, biopsies, and then they diagnosed me with cardiomyopathy. What, and what do they do at that time? So you're like 13 years old. Like, is it just medication from then on, or yeah. is there other interventions until? No, no, it's just basically medications. And my heart at that point in time too, like my heart bounced back to like 45. percent Okay, so it wasn't bad. You know what I mean? Like I still mm. like when when I first went into the hospital, I was 13 years old. I was just getting into bantam hockey, and like I said, I was kind of a force, right? Like as a big kid, I was knocking people around on the mm-hmm, ice, mm-hmm. and uh, I was really excited for hockey season. It was my first year of hitting, right? I was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and time uh, to really fuck some shit up. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, I still remember there's a student doctor in my room with me and then the, the doctors were talking to my parents telling them what was going down right and I'm sitting there with the student doctor and I was like oh do you think I'll do you think I'll be able to get back to hockey here pretty soon and he just goes oh if you have what we think you have you're never playing hockey again I'm like, you, fucking oh, no, <laughs> you no. idiot you're gonna be a horrible doctor oh, I mean no. shit it's one it's one thing to, it's one thing to be like that to an adult but man to a kid who's like who literally like you just literally you they might as well have just taken you and just like like Fucking broke your back over their leg and yeah. been like tossed yeah. him to the side. Like that's your, you know, but that's yeah, like your he, life. Once again, he was just an amateur. He didn't know the difference yet, right? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, and then, then, uh, yeah. So they told me, yeah, I would probably never play hockey again. I'd never, you know, live an active lifestyle. But like I say, I rebounded quite well. I did get back on the ice. Uh, oh, good. And like, well, it was. I played high school hockey. Um, I was very fortunate to have good people in my life. Like, um, because I was heart boy, right? Like, no one wanted. Right. Any responsibility for me, you know what I mean? Like, uh, so yeah, like uh, the high school coach at the time, uh, uh, Russell Bush, eh? he, uh, him and, uh, <laughs> here I go with him and, and Daryl yeah. Green. Uh, yeah, I know, like a little, cho- Russell just passed away not long ago, mm-hmm. uh, a great man. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they took me and they, they, you know, they took a risk to let a kid feel like a kid, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's, so it's a big responsibility for them to have me out there. Because they uh, might not want, you know, that, that might be, that you could get you you could very easily get people that go, you know what? I just don't want. I don't want the responsibility. I don't want the responsibility. Yeah, like, yeah. what if something happens to him, and then I feel like that, that's my exactly. fault because I let him do it, and I and then it's all and, comes down to me. And and that's why I get choked up because as an adult now and as a parent, you know, uh, you see what these people actually did for me. Yeah. You know, so you, you have a greater realization. Yeah, as it's, you get it's older, hard to right? wrap. Your, it's hard to fully wrap your head around it when as you're a kid. kid. I was like, oh yeah, great, thanks, Russell. You're like, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But now it's like, because you're, you're like, you're like you, you should, you should, because I'm a kid and I want to play. And, yeah. like, and then as an adult, you're like, whoa, that was actually super significant. Yeah, yeah. When your daughter asks for someone to sleep over, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, you're like, feed another kid. <laughs> <laughs> and then add a failing heart on top of it. Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> so so then um then like at what point does it does it start to like become something that's like fucking you up again 
33. I made it all the way to 33. And, and Whoa, that's quite a, that's significant. Yeah, yeah. that was a good run. Uh, <laughs> Solid run. Solid and like, like 20 years. I mean, within that 20 span of 20 years, like, was it, were you, were you noticing anything or it was like life pretty much like pretty well, baseline? That's the thing you become, uh, and I'm sure as you know, that becomes your normal. Your new normal, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I don't really, I never thought myself as sick. Like, I used to drink hard. I uh, partied hard, you know, like I, 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 marijuana, mushrooms. I never did any chemical drugs, right? Mm-hmm. Like I would never do cocaine or acid or anything like that. But yeah, like I wanted to be normal. You yeah, know, I wanted yeah. to be with the boys, right? And yeah. uh, I didn't know anyone that did mushrooms. I just did that on my own. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> we, all here. we all do plenty of mushrooms. <laughs> but no, it's like, it, 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 like, I always educated myself, right? Like mushrooms aren't bad for your heart. Ooh, They're just, yeah. Nope. yeah. So anyway, good for your brain. Yeah, no, exactly, right? Yeah. Um, I still microdose. No, I don't, <laughs> I don't do anything right now. Like, um, but yeah, it's uh, I just acted normal. I treated myself normal, and that's what I think because originally I was. They told me when I was a kid, you're gonna need a new heart by the time you're 24, 29, the latest. That's it. That's what we're giving you. And um, yeah, like I say, my mental game was always. I'm normal. I, I'll never need a heart. You know, I just keep on going, you know, and mm-hmm. look at me. I'm a bull. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's but once again, I, I moved out to Calgary in 2001. And then when 2007 came along, I was living alone. Um, I was living a lifestyle. And uh, the like, lifestyle, like uh, swingers lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> We've met before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know my wife. <laughs> Although it's not your face that I recognize. <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't have cut yeah. your hair. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. So at that point, I was like, I was getting, I was starting to get, I was starting to have the realization, right? Like, I don't want to deal with this on my own, right? So I moved back here. I moved to Halifax to be closer to my parents and uh, to have a support team when that Ooh. does happen, right? And uh, then I met my wife, who was a nurse here at the IWK. She's a NICU nurse. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah, and then uh, we got married. And, um, yeah, for my day job, I was uh, doing electrical engineering. So I can double my salary in Calgary. Right. So yeah. I was like, let's go to Calgary so <laughs> I can support the family while we have children. Then move back once we get over that hump, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then lo and behold, I'm in the middle of this now. <laughs> and <laughs> so that was, uh, so I guess, so you're 38 through five. Uh, so that all kind of went down at the tail. You said you lived here, lived here until about 2012. Did that yeah. kind of happen here? And then you no. went to Calgary? No, we went, we went to Calgary. And then 2014 was when I uh, got sick again. I uh, right, had my right. first daughter um, in December 2013. And then in February, I went into heart failure again. Oh, shit. And uh, yeah, well, that's the thing about nurses, too, right? Like, I I was because my wife, she always seen me as invincible as well. You know what I mean? Like, it was never real to her because Mm -hmm. I just did everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, I knew, like, when I was going into heart failure again, I knew that it wasn't good, right? And I was coming up the stairs and I was wheezing and and I was like, oh, this isn't good. I got to go to the hospital. She goes, oh, you're just sick. Go to bed. I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> no pity for nurses, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, I, I don't know if I told you, but I had this thing where this sort of thing happened before, and it was my heart failing. <laughs> so anyways, I drove myself, because we also, we had a three-month-old, right? And she's up breastfeeding all night. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, so I just drove myself to the ER, and then, you know, call her in the morning, hey, uh, yeah, I'm not getting out. And the I'm doctors in- were like, oh, my God, your risk of of <laughs> falling asleep at the wheel was very high. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, then... Uh, it just that, came on like that, though? Like, it was like you no, were out of a, breath and, and... It's a slow digression. Like, it, okay. it's a couple of weeks. But once again, it was 20 years, right? 
Right. So I yeah. was. Just, I went. I thought I was sick at first. I thought I just had a cold or. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what it, you, I started backing up with fluids, so I was just my lung capacity was going down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you just saw it, um, you know, got pneumonia or wheezy or something like that, right? And then, uh, yeah, and then I got to the point where I was sweating all the time, and so I, I knew, but it, that's a that's a great thing about heart failure, right? Eh? Uh, <laughs> you don't take a heart attack, you don't drop, you just slowly get weaker. <laughs> yeah. it's, what, it's kind of what's crazy about 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 being sick in in a lot of different ways is that. It's it's very rarely. It seems to me to be very r- r- rarely like it is in the movies where like something happens and then like you go to the hospital and you know about it. It's like you just yeah. make, you make it. Yeah. You, you know you find this little symptom and then you make an excuse for it. It's yeah. this. It's and like yeah. drawn yeah. out process. But then when it is that thing like from the movies, it's so fucking intense. Like so recently, like I had a I I, I so recently I got sick, but it it turned out to be like. We caught pneumonia very early. Like we found it early, so like I, you know, it was I was only in the hospital for a very short period of time compared to what I normally would be in there for. Um, but the lead up to find out that I had it was like movie style, like full right. on fucking panic mode. You know, it was like outside shoveling the driveway, and then <laughs> and like huge wads of blood just spewing out of my face, and it's like. <gasps> Everyone's panicking. The fucking, you know, it's like in the middle of a snowstorm too. And then Todd drives his truck around. He picks me and Becca and Bridie up, and we race to the hospital. It was like a fucking. It was mayhem. Breaking bad. And then we get to the hospital, and they're like, "Oh, you just got pneumonia. Yeah, we're gonna let you in, like, you know, a few days." Fuck! I thought I was dying for sure. Whereas in your case, it's like, wow, kind of living my life for the last twenty years. Oh, my heart stopped. <laughs> it's just like such a slow fucking. Like I just feel like I have a cold. <laughs> yeah, but what's really happening yeah. is your, your heart, heart is yeah, is slowly just failing, giving up. Yeah. So yeah, when I got out at that point in time too, like I never bounced back to forty five percent. I only bounced back to twenty percent. Oh. Okay. So okay. from twenty February twenty fourteen until April of uh, or actually November twenty sixteen, I was functioning on eighteen to twenty percent of my heart. Right. Without all. without the, this guy, I never had this. No, okay. I was just limping, right? And like I say, my wife's a nurse. We had a we had a daughter. Ooh. I was working full time, so I, I'd Wha- come home from work. The wife would plop the daughter on my lap, and then she would go to work. And uh, holy shit, yeah, so dude! Two years, I was uh, so I kind of backed away from comedy <laughs> a little bit at that point in time too. What and, like? <laughs> but what are you? Oh, we oh, should say. We should, sorry, Brian. We should say that you're in. You're you're in town right now for the uh, for the, uh, the Halifax, comedy fest. Halifax Comedy Festival. Yeah, yeah. And, it'll uh, uh, it'll air on CBC in November. Awesome. Oh, yeah. awesome. Sweet. Okay. That's Sweet. great. Um, the the so during that two years, and I had a, a question before that too, but I'll ask this one first because we're on that topic. Um, um, during that two years, are you waiting to like be on this heart transplant list at that point, or is it? Like what are they if you're if you're only functioning at like twenty that eighteen to twenty percent like like how bad does it have to be? Well, no. Here's the thing: like a a heart doesn't last forever. When you get a transplanted organ, uh, you're on anti rejection drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, like it, it's for a heart transplant, the, the statistics say fifteen years, fifteen to twenty years. But those statistics are are bullshit as well because they're included in every heart transplant from nineteen eighty. To today, right? Which, oh, like, yeah. really, it's like yeah, you so, should be taking the last five years. Yeah, but which, but then you don't have enough time to to scale that up, right? Right. And the other factor is most people that get transplants are sixty plus, 
So they only got 10 years anyways. Right. You know what I mean? Like, these yeah. fucking guys yeah. are pulling down the statistics. Yeah. I tell them all the time. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, like, that's stats. true. That's true. Well, it's like, for, like for, it's kind of similar to Jeremy like, we, with CF. The life expectancy right now is like 50 something, like 51, 52 or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, technically, that's even though all the stuff is getting better to take care of Jeremy currently. That, those stats are really referring to people who are born today, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and not and not people that have gone through thirty years of yeah, coughing their lives. I've up. met a, a couple of guys that got uh, transplanted in the late nineties, and um, they're about <laughs> my age, and they're still going strong. Yeah, like one mm-hmm. guy was a teacher. One guy hikes in Banff all the time. Like uh, they're still going. What's going to end up taking me out? It's not going to be another heart attack or heart failure. It's going to be a pneumonia or something because I'm on the immunosuppressants, right? Right. Okay. It's going to be something, like, or I'm more susceptible to cancer. Yeah. Or or my wife might just get wise to me and knock me off. Who knows? Right. Right? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Once she finds out, it's all over. Speaking of that that like life expectancy thing, when you were when you were younger and they told you that like you were going to need to have a heart transplant when you're like 24 to like max 29, when you like turned 30, were you like holy shit, I'm living in bonus time, or did you just were you just totally I it was like all alive? It yeah. was all a lie. <laughs> like you were kind of, you were kind of like, this is all horseshit. Or, <laughs> yeah, like I, I hit, th- I hit thirty. I'm definitely gonna hit forty now. No problem. <laughs> Big pharma wants me buying their meds. Uh, <laughs> it's all conspiracy. <laughs> Eddie Bravo over here. Yeah. yeah, no, I still remember. Like, uh, like I say, when they told me, gave me those uh, numbers and everything, my mom come back in the room and I could tell that she was crying and stuff, right? And I was like, Mom, don't worry about it. By the time I need a heart, they'll have a mechanical one. I'll be fine. And here I am. And you know what? Yeah. In fucking uh, in ten years, if you don't have a heart and this thing's still fu- pumping you, that thing will be some fucking. That'll be a that'll be a watch. That'll oh, be your watch that you wear. Yeah. So the whole the whole thing. Well, the problem is with this is these batteries are pushing my blood, right? Like it's not like a pacemaker. You have like a watch battery because mm-hmm. it is shocky every once in a while, right? This is actually pushing my blood. That takes a lot of energy. So I go through like four of these batteries a day. So you can't fit this inside the human body. Whoa. So that's the problem, right? That's where. So battery technology is what's going to hint. That's what's going to hold this back. And that thing's like just for for people who obviously can't see it. That thing is like the size of it's three uh, pounds. Yeah, like it's a fucking. It's a fucking uh, again. It's big a fanny ass pack. Battery. Yeah. It's a big mm. battery. It's well, they do, but no, battery. no. That's that's the machine, battery. but that's the battery down here. Like the oh, battery, sure. the batteries oh, are the size of like. Yeah, so dude, like, you know what that looks like? It looks like one of those like uh, weighted belts you'd wear like at the yeah. gym. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, scuba diving belt. Scuba yeah. Can, I, can I like yeah. hold that up? Yeah. I don't want to yeah. fucking take it out of your heart, <laughs> dude. The, yeah, that's fucking serious. Wow. Man, that's so crazy. No, but yeah, to get back to the original point, the reason. So that's why when I was at twenty percent. They're like, no, you gotta, you gotta get as much out of this heart as you can, right? It's like getting the spatula in the miracle whip jar, right? Like, just <laughs> right. drain this pig yeah. before you. Right, right, yeah. right. Because yeah. yeah, I had a breakdown. Like, because once again, when I got out of the hospital, like, I was, uh, they said, yeah, your heart's at eighteen percent. I was like, I'll get that up to thirty. You watch, I'll get to the gym. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll bring it I'll back. Take up. all the Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't have Viagra at that point. It was just straight. Uh, Straight piping on the on the reg. Then. It was, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, anyways, uh, I I had faith in myself that through cardio exercise I could bring it. 
I could strengthen my heart again, right? And were and, and were they going? No, nah, dude. You no, fu- you fucking no, because they no they they let you be positive, right? Like I have a great mm-hmm. cardiologist. She's actually yeah, that's good. My cardiologist prior to this, uh, she's also from Antigonish County, uh, Doctor Cindy Mason. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're like a we're like a mafia out there, right? Oh, East Coast are okay. You can look after me. But no, she's like she's like the best ever, right? Like uh, she's not only my cardiologist, she's my psychiatrist as well, right? Okay. Even now, look, I'm. I'm like actually, at, like legitimately. No, 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 no. no. Okay, okay. Um, I was like, holy <laughs> fuck, they actually do everything. She's very multifaceted. But uh, like, uh, I my team of doctors right now is the transplant cardiology team. So there's mm-hmm. a team of eight doctors. That's who I go see. They make right. all the decisions. But I still go see Cindy just to talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just yeah, to. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like when I found out, like after the year when I couldn't get my heart back up to thirty percent, I was on my way home and I got the news and I parked in the parking lot, like um, a couple of blocks from the house. And uh, I broke down in my car. I was crying in my car. Yeah. And I called Cindy, and I was like, "What the? What are we? What are we waiting for here? What are we gonna do? You know, like a, it's time to get my heart. I can't. I can't live like this." And uh, she's like, "Don't worry, Adam. I'll never let anything happen to you. You know, just keep staying strong." And we talked about everything. And and I have an enormous amount of faith in her. Right. Like it's yeah. uh, even now. Like if I have questions about my care from the team I have, because I I've only known these doctors for two three years. Right. Cindy, I've known. I knew her before she was a cardiologist. Right. So there's that connection as well, right? Yeah. And there's that that trust and that faith. What, so anyway, what, what like what an amazing relationship to be able to have with a medical professional too, though. And I yeah. know like Which obviously, it, right? And obviously, you have the benefit of knowing her before that too. But could you imagine if like all doctors were able to like express that level of compassion and support to their patients well, and the, like sometimes purely by time it's not possible for them to invest so much time in in talking to a patient and working through things with them but like when they are able to do that it's so powerful well and my thing is too like the the last time the third time i went in the heart failure and i needed to get this they sent me home twice from the emergency room like i went in and they're like, <coughs> I stayed the night, and they're like, oh, yeah, you just got a cold or something. Because I show very, like, I don't show heart failure like a normal person. And um, they're like, no, no, you'll be fine. And then three days later, I'm back in. They sent me home again. And then the third time, they are about to send me home again. It was a Sunday morning at, like, 7 a.m. And I called Cindy, and I got her, you know, I woke her up. I was like, hey, Cindy, they're going to send me home again. I can't go home. I can't. I got, you know, something has to be done here. And she called the cardiologist on call at that point. And then, because there's several big hospitals in Calgary, the one I was at, they took me over to the foothills uh, where the transplant team is. And, um, like, she talked to the cardiologist at the South Health Campus, and then they took me over there. And that's when I met uh, Dr. Deborah Isaac, who was the... <laughs> <laughs> Name-dropping. We're just, just going to, like, never Honestly, find that. Like, I should be just taking a counter yeah, and yeah, also yeah. writing all these names yeah. down. Just, just I, tag all of them on Facebook. I also and then our her, listenership shoots through the roof. I also have her cell phone number as well. Like, she gave me her cell. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and then I never even knew about this. I never knew about this piece of equipment, right? Yeah. I'm sitting there, and my wife's with me. Like, uh, they took me by ambulance, and my wife met me at the, at the Foothills Hospital. And Deb, or, Deb <coughs> comes in, and she tells me, she goes, you, you sound like a good candidate for an LVAD. I said, what's an LVAD? And she goes, well, it's to keep you healthy until you get a transplant. That's what it's going to do. It's going it's to make you feel good again. You're going to live a normal life again. And then when you're going to be good and strong. So when you go in for a transplant, you're going to walk out you know, eight days later, you'll get a heart and, you know, you'll right, be so right. strong going into transplant surgery. <laughs> and I started crying once again, right? I was like, because mm. that was always my fear because, as I mentioned, I had some distant relatives who uh, got their heart <laughs> and passed away. And that was, uh, 
that was one of their issues. Uh, like uh, Bruce, he he got so sick waiting for a heart. Like he was in the hospital right. waiting, and then he got pneumonia. So then they had to delay him again because you Ooh. can't do that while you're sick. Right. And then his heart got so big, and his body got so beat up. Then when he got the new heart, it just, just wasn't there much. for yeah. him. Yeah. Like so, he spent a year and a half, and uh, yeah, he passed away. Right. So so this so that machine is then designed to keep you healthy, keep you keep you like keep you up. Yeah. And also the Viagra. The, Vi- yeah, right, right. the Viagra just keeps you up, firmly, firmly up. But to keep you, to keep you healthy, and to keep you, to keep you as strong as possible. Yeah. But also to to try and squeeze as much juice out of the, your heart mm. that it, that yeah. you can have it until you get the transplant. That well, yeah. It's in Canada. It's called bridge to transplant. That's what they. That's the therapy that they call it. So it's to get you healthy until you get a transplant. America, they use it as destination therapy. Because transplants are so expensive, right? They're right. like, the insurance company, ah, we'll pay for this fake heart. And uh, yeah. when that doesn't work for you, you're Good dust, luck. right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, here in Canada, you don't get an LVAD unless you're a candidate for transplant. Now, are you waiting for a heart or um, like? Or- well, no, I'm, I'm going to list when I get back to Calgary. Right. Okay, uh, okay. I was, yeah, like a, it's one of those things like the doctors want me to milk this as much as possible because it's, it's the devil that you know, right? Like, here I am, mm-hmm. traveling, mm-hmm. doing comedy, living a good life. I, right. I take care of my girls. But I'm getting sick of this as well, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's going to come a day because you still need your right ventricle. And my right ventricle is really beat up right now as well. Yeah. That's why I have to take my fluid pills again. Because right, right, it's, right, right, it's, right. Still not, it's still not cutting it, right? So, and that's what I mean. I am slowly getting worse. So once you get back to Calgary, you'll go on the list. And then that could be, that could be a matter of a days or, or it could a, be a matter of months. Or a year. Yeah. Who knows, yeah, right? right. So, Man, transplant's so fucking crazy. I don't know if you guys know this, uh, and not to like derail it too much, but um, uh, a CFer here in Canada, Miles Lynch. I want to just like huge shout out to Miles. Uh, he is the first Canadian to have received a third lung transplant, um, and it was like a fucking crazy um, um, process for him to get it. He went in for the transplant. It was supposed to be like a you know one time in surgery kind of like however long it takes. Uh, they had to, they'd stop mid surgery I believe because his heart was was um, like too swollen, mm-hmm. and so they had to like wait a couple of days. They put him back in, and anyway, it was a success. They fucking Whoa. put a third, his third, his third, his so, so his so, fourth set of lungs. So he had lungs, had and then lungs. he got a transplant. Then Those another. lungs crapped out. They threw him out, put new ones in. Those lungs crapped out, threw him out, put new ones in. Those lungs crapped out. They threw those out and put a fourth set of lungs in his and fucking is that, body. And, and is that because? And is that because they are they are just way more confident that they can that that they can of what they can do for somebody who's had that because who's had another who's had that many transplants because I know before it was kind of like well if it's not gonna if it didn't work then then we're, you're not a likely candidate I have no a, idea I have no, honestly I don't know I haven't spoken to him I've, I've like I've sort of spoken to his sister like a little bit but not not even really about this I was just like letting her know that I've been yeah, following do you, the story do you know like how long he would have had the other transplants no, in no, no. no we yeah. should we should we should like ring him up though when he's feeling good and get him on the show well, but, but I mean it's it's just it Coming back to your your you know your situation here, it's just a it is a cra- it's a crazy thing to like put your life into into the hands of somebody else 
somebody else, literally somebody else's. That's my body. biggest. That's my you know? biggest thing is um, not being in control, right? <coughs> yeah. Like having to call up the clinic and saying, "Yeah, I'm going to Nova Scotia for a week," and you know what I mean, like just. Uh, not being able to make all the decisions in your life. Would it happen in Calgary or would it happen here? It'll happen in Edmonton. Okay. Yeah, uh, Edmonton does all... Pretty, I think It'll happen in Kuwait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to China to get my hair. I can pick one out at the prison. Just, oh, yeah, look at that guy. Doing squats. I want him. That guy doing squats. <laughs> He's got a healthy heart. <laughs> Give me his. 120K, that's it. I got me a heart. And it's fresh. It's fresh. It's, uh, he was alive just two minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> just yank that fucker up. <laughs> um... I have a serious question. I don't know how to go from there to there, uh, but uh, but I'm curious to know, like, how do you feel about getting a, a heart transplant? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's like I say, ninety five percent of the time I'm happy, move along, and then sometimes the reality hits you, right? And it's um, it's yeah, like I hope, I hope uh, that. The rec- the donor's family will allow me to be part of their life. Yeah, uh, that's something I really want. Like I have beautiful children, you know. Like I'd like to say this is what you did for them, you know. Right, right. I'm here yeah. because mm. of your kin that allowed me to live further. I want you to enjoy my children in my life with me, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's one thing. But that's that's their decision, right? Like I'll write them a letter afterwards, and whether yeah. or not they want to meet me or be a part of my life, that's up to them. Yeah, is it, that's the process. That's how it works. Like I it, believe so. Like uh, what, once uh, the third Wednesday of every month, I meet with a bunch of people who already had their got their transplants. And yeah. There's a couple other albatters at lunch, and uh, that's yeah, cool. so, yeah. So it's typically yeah. a bunch of sixty year old men, right? <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, and like they all have different uh, stories of, of how things went down a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, once again, that's just the way old people are, right? Yeah. <laughs> they all remember yeah. things differently. Yeah. So <laughs> why did? <laughs> but I think that's really I think that's really beautiful. Like I I'm a huge supporter of organ donation, and uh, you you probably have heard that um, in Nova Scotia, it's the first um, yeah, opt out. first place in in North America to do the opt out. Yeah, um, which uh, is insane. Cool, and there's a yeah. couple other provinces already. They're like, uh, yeah, I think New Brunswick was like, yeah, I think we're gonna do this because I feel yeah. like it really just takes one for then other provinces to go. Of course, yeah, that's what it's still a screwed up do. system though. Like, uh, just say you died uh, today and you're an organ donor, you signed a card, <clears throat> blah 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 blah. They still ask your mom or your wife or whatever, hey, can we grab his organs? And she'd go like, no, don't even, touch him. Even if, even if you are you are opted yeah. in, and they say, well, that's what his wishes were. I don't care, don't touch him. And uh, they yeah. can't take your organs. Yeah, grief, right? grief a lot of times gets in the way um, yeah. because they, you know, they, the the thing about that is like, dude, I'd be so you don't have time. Pissed. You don't have time to be with the body. It's like if you died right now, and and we want to like be with you, they're like, fuck no, yeah. man, we got to get this guy on ice, get him in there, and fucking pull everything out. But Harvest. that's what's crazy is that is <laughs> is is the idea that is the idea that the body is you. I know. Like that's know. the fucking crazy part. It's not. At all, and and, you know what? I respect anybody who who feels who feels like it is, but it's not. No, totally. (laughs) But also, but also, like you know, 
again, just coming back to the fact that it, grief, like it's, it is a, it's a powerful thing. No, it's gotta, a powerful thing. And I, it's like, I don't know. We, none of us really know how we're going to react when someone that close to us dies. You well, know? Here's like a, like when I first got out of the hospital with this surgery, um, I had to take the handy bus to get to my, um, appointments in Calgary. So they have a system accessible bus that they pick you up and they take you to your appointments, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So I was on the bus one day with this lady doing uh, kidney dialysis. She was like 74 and, um, obviously she needed a kidney. And her husband passed away a few years prior to that. Mm. And uh, he was an organ donor. And um, what happened was he went into the hospital for a surgery. They sent him home. And four hours later, she found him dead on the bathroom floor. And he was an organ donor. And uh, they said, okay, we're going to take his organ. She's like, no, don't touch him. Because she was oh, right. so mad. She was so bitter. And she, yeah. she released all that those feelings to me. She's like, well, you know, I've, hindsight, I feel so bad about that. But I was just so... Fuck you guys! You know you I just mean, killed especially my husband. As, especially yeah. as somebody who's sitting there waiting for yeah. uh, 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 an organ that you know she's she's probably carries a lot of guilt that that yeah, that, she said that she organ could have gone said she, somewhere. Yeah, she said she won't take a transplant. She's seventy four. She lived oh, her life. Whoa. Wow. She said I'll do dialysis when it doesn't work. Well, I'm gone. Right. Sick Boy Podcast. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. Are you tired of hearing the same old wellness advice? It's time to dig deeper and listen to America Dissected from Crooked Media, the podcast that's cutting into the science, culture, and policy that shapes our health. From doctors fighting for their rights to the surprising truths about sunscreen, America Dissected dives deep into the state of health. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of America Dissected, available on all major podcast platforms. Is this for me? The, no. the thing That's that right. I remember about, like, my, my first experience with um, hearing about somebody donating their organs was a, a good friend of mine passed away when, uh, when we were 16. And I remember um, reading, like, her mom put something up after she had died and, and her organs were donated. I remember reading about, like, where all of her organs went and to like all the people that benefited from that. And I remember reading that list of like, so-and-so got her eyes and so-and-so got her heart and so-and-so got her kidneys. And like, and like just reading that and like breaking down in tears and like just exploding with this, like, like, Oh my God, she like for all my life, like the people that I thought of as superheroes up until that Mm. point were like, were like, like Spider-Man and like Batman and, and like, to all of a sudden be like, no, that person, like that's a hero, like somebody who has actually given life to somebody else by like just being on the donor list. What was say, Brian? Not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> what was the uh, what was the Will Smith movie? Seven something. I uh, Will seven, seven pounds. pounds? Uh, seven seven pounds. Or, yeah, wait, I yeah, am legend. I am yeah. legend. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I want to take a second just to throw it to uh, to our Discord community. Um, we, uh, for all of you who aren't familiar, uh, we are on Patreon, um, and uh, we get questions that come in from our patrons um, through Discord. Uh, we got one from Kyle JH. Um, and it, it's funny that K- they K- wrote this. I would say that that's Kaylee. Oh wait, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Kale Kale JH. Unless that's a, that was supposed to be an I, then it's Kaylee. Yeah. Or Kale J. Kale. So she said, uh, or he or they said, feel like Jer would ask this anyways, but I'd like to ask, how does having an external medical device attached to you 
affect your int- intimacy with others. And I was going to get into that. I mean, you know, you've been talking about you have a wife, you have a kid. Um, you talked take, about your boners. You, yeah. We talked about your boners. You take Vi- Viagra. Mm-hmm. Um, having this like e- external heart um, attached to you with this tube coming out of your belly, like, can you still fuck? Oh yeah, yeah. My, my wife's a team player. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I'll like no, but yeah, it, it does make things difficult sometimes. You know, like just. Uh, you know, you got to. Like, where do you where do you, where do you put that? Like, what do you uh, do with that? Depends what position. You know, missionaries side by side, doggy style. I just put it on her back. Uh, <laughs> right. Do the pony <laughs> at the end. You know, <laughs> use the brains. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a built-in kink. <laughs> that, thing, like, that thing is a serious piece of equipment. <laughs> it is. It yeah, is like it is. is no joke. But does it has it has it affected intimacy uh, with with your partner or no? Not really. Like I say, yeah. my wife, uh, she's a uh, beautiful person. Like, yeah, like a yeah. She's uh she's way hotter than me anyways. Like it was, <laughs> it's got a charity sex from the beginning anyways, right? So, <laughs> charity sex. <laughs> so uh anyways, uh, uh, <laughs> just another thing, right? Um yeah, no, like I say it's just it's just reality once again, right? You you love someone yeah. and, and yeah. Uh, was it was it was it was it like hard to figure out at first? Well, yeah, no, like I say, I, you take it out and you put it on, you know, you I don't know. If we, <laughs> yeah, you, just, all you, the moves. Just, you just lay it. Yeah. yeah, you just put it beside you. And, what's and, your What's the like distance you got on that thing? Like how far? No, geez, not very far. Like no. that, you, it, people can't again can't see it. Two feet or so. Yeah, but yeah, arms like half two arms like yeah. Yeah, and uh, once again, that's determined by your surgeon, right? Like it, I, there was one guy that uh, had an elbow. It was only like this long. Oh wow! So okay. the surgeon just cut the line too short. Yeah, right. Because then you got to splice it. These are all like little electrical wires inside, right? So, oh right. Uh, yeah, easy. Great surgeon. Uh, shout out to William Kent. Uh, <laughs> William <laughs> Kent. <laughs> Bill Kent. <laughs> What's it? You got Thank a fucking you, Rolodex <laughs> in your head. It's crazy. Uh, <clears throat> um, did it? Does it affect like sleep or anything? You know? Yeah, like, yeah. No, like every time I roll over, right? I got to cradle it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, it, right. It gets, if it's underneath the blankets, like it, it is electrical, electronic, so it does give off heat. Yeah. You know, um, and once again, like um, I'll roll over in the night and then whip my wife in the batter, in the head with a battery, right? Like yeah, just not yeah, knowing. Totally. And then, yeah, and then I get a slap. Like, and, what happens if, like, <laughs> that thing, like, yeah, technology turns off? Well, yeah, or, what if it fucking does uh, what my laptop it, does? It all alarms, the time? like, uh, just, well. Like, everywhere as I go, I carry my kit bag, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So I have, uh, I have my backup, right? Like so an any, extra battery. Yeah. Uh, or an extra whole oh, thing. Geez, Every, whole yeah, everything pack. that I have in my waist, I have in this backup. Oh. So my doctors might not be super happy with me by doing this, but I'll show you what the alarm is if it shuts off. Because I did have an issue one night. It was actually Good Friday, ironically enough, that my heart pump stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus took three yeah, days. Yeah. I was like two minutes. Yeah. I was yeah. Back, yeah. God was like, come, come up here. Come up here. You could have convinced uh, yeah. people that you were the, the second cometh. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so anyways. Um, man, look at that thing. That's so crazy. That thing, That's a heart, man. That's a fucking. That's I a, can't believe that so they this, can't make this the batteries This is, is going to get loud. Okay. Whoa, dude! Yeah, oh, shit. Holy shit! Yeah, that's not a. Yeah, so like <laughs> the guy in the other room heard that, right? Yeah. Holy fuck, yeah. dude! That, yeah. that honestly, I, that like I think the whole building is about to uh, is evacuating <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. It's okay, everyone. <laughs> it's just uh, the signal that his heart is failing. Yeah, no, man. Just no, so, and then I'll show you. Like, this is the battery when I get a dead battery. This is, and it'll take a little while once again to do it. But it's more of a polite little beep boop. 
<laughs> just think about like think about how insane it would be if you you know you're walking down the street and and I don't know you you don't know me we're walking past each other you happen to pass out okay you fall on the ground and I'm oh there that's, it is that's my battery when my battery's dead that's like yeah. it farted so my daughter was only like two years old and she's at the table eating breakfast, right? And I come down the stairs and my battery beep whoops, Daddy! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even see me. She knows you're That's so adorable. So we're passing each other on the street and then you pass out and then I'm like, oh, fuck, this guy passed out. But also... Around the same time that you pass out, your fucking thing gives out, like gives out, and then I'm so I'm, so now there's a little bit of time before it starts going off. So I'm checking your pulse, and I'm like, oh my god, he's breathing, but I can't get a pulse. What the fuck's going on? And then all of a sudden, this alarm starts blaring off. I don't know what the fuck it is, where it's coming from. It would be like I would, it would induce such panic. I would yeah. fucking lose my mind. Everything yeah. about that situation would induce panic. Yes, yeah, oh, like right <laughs> you're already panicking. He's got no pulse. He's breathing. What's the fucking noise? <laughs> <laughs> like, right now, if we all took heart attacks, I'd be the only one walking out of this room. Ooh, you know, yeah, yeah. My pump is still going. Yeah, right? Oh, right. right yeah. That's the weird thing, right? Um, but yeah, I'm not allowed to fly alone. I oh, have, oh, have really? a caretaker on my flight with me. So, like, uh, what I do is I have to pay the taxes for them. So, it's like basically my caretaker that came down with me, I paid 50 bucks. To get from Calgary to here. No oh, whoa, yeah. crazy. Because the airline doesn't want the responsibility of me, right? Right. If, oh. if some shit goes wrong with your machine, they're like, well, we don't want this yeah, to be on the it's, flight it's on attendants. this guy, right? Wait, but, do you do you oh. have to keep your caretaker with you then the entire time? No, no. Like I like, say, I, I, I'm at home alone with my girls. I take care of two children for 12, 14 hours a day while my wife's working. Right. But then what does your caretaker do while you're get here? Get drunk. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's random people, right? Like yeah. I, I just I give just a, bring a homie. Yeah, a, a quick crash course. Hey, this is what you do. Yeah. Grab, and basically, it's, it's like even when this thing failed that night, uh, my wife's an ICU nurse, you know, yeah. a NICU nurse. She, I still did everything. Mm, she yeah. ran and grabbed my backup controller. And I swapped it all out. How yeah. much time do you, if that starts beeping off, how much time do you got? I got lots of time. The problem is blood clots. That's what they're scared of, right? Oh. Because if the pump stops spinning, then blood can clot on it. Like I take blood thinners. Like uh, okay. I can show you guys bruises. Warfarin? All, yeah, warfarin. Mm. So I got bruises all over my body, right? Just uh, once again, the sex. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Uh, yeah, so it's not so much that. Because my heart still pitter patters, I can still get a, get by, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's yeah, it's the, the chance of blood clots is yeah. a scary thing. How, right. how 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 like how often do you take the blood thinners regularly? Yeah, every, every day, day. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that that another crazy? Fucking oh, well, thing that was the th- that was the thing that happened to me like uh, three months ago. I got a nosebleed that wouldn't stop. So all night, like I bled right. all over my room. Like I fell asleep with my nose bleeding. And it was it just, just doesn't stop because the blood thinners. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't get it to clot up. So then I had to go get my nose packed. I don't know if they ever, Whoa, you ever no had that way. done. Dude, that, that sucks. Oh, that hurts. That fucking... So wait, they packed it while you were awake? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. What, dude, wait, I've, what does that mean? I've man? had my nose packed, but I've, but it was... So after a surgery that I was out for, woke up, nose packed, then they remove it a few days later. Having your nose... Having nose packing removed is fucked. I can't even imagine what it's like to have it put in. Wait, how does it work? What like what is the, it? Okay, think about this. Like take um take a full size tampon garbage bag. <laughs> <laughs> or, or yeah, full size tampon. A garbage Dude, bag size tampon. What I remember, what I remember from it, it was a, like a full size garbage bag. Like a black garbage bag. Uh, a clear see-through garbage bag. All right. Yeah. Full size like full bin. Take that, wrap it up like so it gets nice and like 
like like yeah, a yeah, rope, yeah, right? right? And then you got that rope. You take two ends, and each end goes fucking right up your nostrils, and the pack it all the way up, 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 up in, like behind your fucking eyes. And then your nose is just like covered, just full of shit. And then they've got like you know gauze here. And then a couple days later, like, oh, we're gonna take your packing out. I just thought there was some like fucking like cotton balls up in my nose, and they're like, all right, here we go, one, two, three. It's like a it's like that magic trick where it just doesn't stop. Yeah. And they just pull, 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 pull. And it's this whole garbage bag going. That's it's disgusting. so gross, but it'd be so satisfying at the same time, right? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. Well, I had like, <laughs> I went home with it. So like I had, it was, the pain was running through because it's so pressurized, right? <sighs> so the pain's running through my cheekbone up across the back of my head. Like yeah. it was just horrible for two days. How long did uh. it take for them to put it in? Uh... Dude, that's Maybe so fucking crazy. Five minutes. Like oh. It's just, oh, my God. Well, they put it in and then they inflate it, right? That's Oh, uh, wow. That's, uh, wow, I didn't know that. That is yeah. horrible. So, yeah, like Holy mine was Lord. basically, like, a, like I say, a tampon. And they jam it way up like to where there's underneath the bone, right? Mm-hmm. And then they inflate it. So then it's just pressurized. Oh, dude. Yeah. That's so <laughs> gnarly. Oh, God, that sucks. Yeah, so it was it was horrible. It was torture, right? That yeah. gives me a sinus headache. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of wanted to ask about uh, uh, your comedy. How long, like, when did you start to get into stand-up comedy? It was like 2004. Okay. So and you've been doing it for a, a while. A long time, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, and what, what motivated you to want to get into that? I was always a funny guy, right? Like, I just always uh, happy-go-lucky, gregarious, um, and clever. Like, I always liked telling jokes. Even when I was, like, 12 years old, I used to tell dirty jokes, like, all from the whole car ride home from town, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and did that... Um, did that impact the way that you kind of like um, uh, coped with like your your heart situation? Yeah, well, like a uh, yeah. Or was it, it part of your coping? I guess. Yeah, no, like uh, because my whole theory in life is uh, you either laugh or cry. Mm-hmm. You know, if you. <laughs> So my disease, I can sit home and cry and say, oh, poor Adam, or I can make fun of it. Mm-hmm. And I can go on stage and, you know, like like my opening joke is basically, fuck you, I want your heart. I hope someone here dies tonight so I get my heart. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. what I open with, right? So that's, that's a big punch in the face for the crowd. And, and it does well because it's, uh, yeah, they realize my situation, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, and, and that's... Um, it is a coping mechanism. Look, and I had, you know, there's days where you're down and you get on stage. It's a drug, right? Like mm-hmm. getting on stage and making two, three, four hundred people laugh. It's a, yeah. it's a rush. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, yeah. so it makes it, and that's the hard, like in, in comedy, there's a lot of, um, uh, a lot of depression. Like a lot of comics have mental illness because that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like Friday, Saturday night, you're king of the world. You're, you're controlling this room for an hour. You're making hundreds of people laugh. And then Monday morning, you're like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, a huge come down. I'm out of honeycombs, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> fucking honeycombs. I haven't had that, those in a, in a while. Brought to you by. <laughs> <laughs> this is a uh, whatever the fucking. This is a Kellogg's. Uh, this is post, a Kellogg's it's word. post cereal. Jared <laughs> uh, knows the cereal I, I very well. Cereal. Um, have you, you? How quick did it take for you to start working uh, mechanical heart jokes into your set? Right away, because it, yeah. it's it's obvious that I have it on, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's the it's the elephant in the room, right? Like uh, yeah. I well, can't, what, a, what a fucking gift though for a comedian, you know what uh, I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> honestly, honestly, like if you're if you're funny looking, it 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 works. If you've got like something clearly wrong with you, it works. Like it's it it is a gift, mm. like to. To, to get that it's a, it's free it's free material well no and I used to like um, I used to do a lot of jokes about my heart because I always had my heart disease yeah. but I'd be on stage with a beer 
and uh, yeah, I would be yeah. talking, oh yeah, fuck sick kids and stuff. I was a sick kid, you know. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and people would be like, what, a, what an asshole, well, yeah. right? Because they didn't believe me. They thought I was all an act, right? Yeah. Right. But now this is validation. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. you never really can be too sure what like what's made up and yeah, what's not. Yeah, when yeah, you're yeah, yeah. Honestly, I, I'm, I, I'm, I, I make I, the assumption that it's all made I, up. I swear that I would never do stand-up because it terrifies me. But as soon as I get an oxygen tank... And I gotta carry that thing everywhere. I'm getting straight up on the stage. <laughs> would, you, would you have it on like a little, tr- like a little wheelie? Yeah, thing? trolley. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'll get a dolly from fucking Canadian Tire. Yeah. You get a Segway. You just have it on the front of your Segway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. hit up Kate tonight. <laughs> yeah, totally. A little scoot. Uh, uh, so I'm gonna ask you now a question that we. I, well, you know what? Before I get to the the final question, um, is is your heart issue uh, genetic? Is it is it something that like? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any sort of idea about how this may or is affecting your your kids? Uh, when I was when I was first diagnosed, they said it skips a generation. Okay, and because of my life expectancy, I won't see my grandchildren anyways, so I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Amen. Not my problem. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. yeah, no, it, it's it's one of those things. Like I, I don't I don't see it. I see it as. Not a, necessarily a bad thing. It's everything that happens to us makes us who we are. Mm-hmm. You know, if I didn't have this disease, I would be a different person. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would. Yeah. I would have a totally different perspective on life. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it's made me a better person. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, like I think I, I'm a better person because I had to go through this and I lived through this. So I don't see it as um, as a disability. <clears throat> you know, it's. Um, so, yeah, like I, I want my children to be healthy. I want them to be, I want the best for them. But at the same time, if something were to come up, it's like, mm, whatever, that's what you got to live with, right? Right. Yeah. So, and that'll we'll, shape who you yeah, are. Yeah, we'll figure, out, figure it out. We'll move on. We have a great medical system here in Canada. You know, like uh, I know here in Nova Scotia, it's getting a little rocky. But, um, yeah, at the end of the day, it's just everybody deals with something, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's a good. It's a good way of looking at it, mm-hmm. and I, and I I couldn't agree more. Like I, you know, the the hardships we we go through shape us, and 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 I think that there's you know there's positivity to find in in all dark aspects of life. I can do mental math. Not a lot of people can do mental math. You know, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's their deficiency. Yeah, right? that's you right. see me barter. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Jer can't do I, mental I math. <laughs> Jer can barely do calculator math. <laughs> I can't even spell math. Um, uh, so I'm going to ask you a question or a two-part question that we ask all of our guests. Uh, the first one is, and you, you kind of like sort of were di- diving it in, into it there, but yeah. um, what would you say is the biggest thing that the issues with your heart has has taken away from you? I don't know. Uh, cocaine. Uh, <laughs> never were able to do cocaine. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you can do it. <laughs> no, it, it's crazy. Like, even uh, last year, and uh, once again, I hope my... Uh, uh, yeah, actually, I'm not going to even say what I did. Uh, <laughs> no, I went, I went down to uh, Bush Gardens and I got on roller coasters with this, right? Like, uh, I, yeah. Whoa, <laughs> dude, Bush Gardens is so <laughs> sick. <laughs> no, and it's um, yeah, like I, I I just go, you know, I yeah. it it. it it limits me because of my energy levels. Like right now, that's the one thing that I had a little breakdown not long ago. Is with like I, I can't teach my five year old how to ride a bike because mm. I can't run. You know, because that's the thing. Like, uh, when you guys run, your heart pumps harder and faster. You get more blood. My pump 
my pump Goes spins at 2,700 RPM. Yeah. doesn't matter what I'm doing. So you got a governor on. Yeah, yeah. so I just get tuckered mm-hmm. after like a minute. And, yeah. and then yeah. I have this thing flapping on me while I'm trying to run. And yeah, yeah. so it's those little, it's the little things, right? Like I can't go swimming yeah. with this thing. But once again, before this, before 2014, like before the second time I went in the heart failure, I lived a full life. Mm. Like you'd look at me and say, there's nothing wrong with that guy, right? Uh, he's an asshole, but shit, look at him go, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, His wife's hot as fuck. <laughs> How do you do that? <laughs> Free Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, so like I say, it. it um, once again, it's it's what you believe, you know? It's uh, if you want to get beat up about it, and and I understand there's other people's diseases that do limit them a lot more than myself. Like mm-hmm. I, I still consider myself very lucky, you know, like um, I have the ability to keep on trucking. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, there's much more serious diseases than mine out there. Um, but, yeah, like I say, the mental game is the biggest one. Like I, I have an aunt who who beat cancer twice because mm. she never gave a fuck. Right. She never. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you got to stop drinking wine. Oh, you mean before five? Uh, <laughs> you know, she just kept on going, right? You know, so, and, and yeah, she's uh, crouching in on 80. She's, you know, it's just, it's the mental game, right? Mm-hmm. You just got to be tough and you got to have that support, those support people around you. And uh, yeah, so like I say, I don't, I don't feel as though my life was limited at all. Right now with this machine, I feel as though this is holding me back. Because like I say, mm-hmm. I want to bring my daughters to the pool. Mm-hmm. I want to do that. And uh, at the end of the day, I'm talking tired you know yeah mm-hmm. so at the six seven o'clock and i know everybody gets tired all parents get tired but um yeah i'm getting tired a little quicker yeah and then when you everyone knows when you get tired you get agitated you get cranky so you don't have yeah. the patience with those uh, little ones at that point in time right so i feel you know like I, I get grumpy with them and then the next day i'm like ah. Oh, Let's go for blizzards. Uh, <laughs> I'd be okay with you getting grumpy if you took me for blizzards yeah. the day after. What would you say is the biggest thing that it's given you? Uh, my disease? Yeah. Like a better understanding, uh, compassion, empathy. Like, um, yeah, like a, just a stronger person. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, I've always had the attitude of uh, fuck it, you know, like a, you know, like, <laughs> No, but uh, like I'm not a very materialistic person. Like this is my best jogging suit. I'm dressed a little fancy right now, but uh, I don't yeah. always wear Adidas. Honestly, when I first walked in, I was like, "Shit!" Doesn't it? Doesn't it kind of look like Adam and I are about to go to a breakdance battle? Sort of. Looks like you're gonna lose a breakdance battle. Or it looks like or it looks like Adam was about to make a hit in his own driveway. <laughs> yeah, just take that gold chain. Just take that gold chain out and hang it down a little bit. Yeah. No. And once again, it's, it's giving me a different sense of humor. It's just give me a different yeah. outlook on life you yeah. know and uh and, th- and that's what i alluded to earlier it's not uh i don't see it as a deficiency it's uh it's what i have to deal with in life mm-hmm. and uh it's given me some it's shaped my personality so adam man i want to say uh, this was a fucking treat to have you and i'm so glad that uh first of all congratulations on on still being alive and and making it out here to halifax to contribute to the the uh, comedy festival here uh i think i think halifax is lucky to have you and um, and I want to say thank you for coming in and, and having this chat with us because this was this was this was fantastic. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot. And like I say, and I hope uh, yeah the city supports the fe- they have been supporting the festival quite a bit. But it it's, truly is like uh, the best festival in Canada. Like by the way, they support mm. Canadian artists. Oh sweet, um, sweet, it's awesome. Yeah, like the, they do a great job here. Like not all. 
uh, festivals here in Canada are so focused on Canadian artists, right? And mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. everything's so American. You know what I mean? Like you look at JFL, they bring in all They're these bringing people. in everyone from yeah, the States. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. here they really promote um, the Canadian comics. And uh, yeah, I want to thank them for bringing me in. But also, I think, uh, just shout out my, my uh, I don't tweet very often. I was going to say, how can people yeah. find you? Like, but, yeah. yeah, you can catch me on Facebook, uh, Adam uh, Delory, D-E-L-O-R-E-Y. Or um, I think it's Adam underscore Delory uh, is my Twitter handle. But like I think once I get listed, I'm going to start tweeting my journey. Yeah. And um, as I'm listed. Yeah. But uh, yeah, on Instagram, I, I may have started an account. I don't know. It was on my other phone. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm horrible at the we'll, uh, promotion we'll, stuff. Right? We'll, like, uh, we'll, uh, we'll make sure that we get we get all of your links and we'll we'll put them up uh, okay. in the description for this podcast and mm-hmm. uh, and on our social. Oh, media and my, my Pornhub channel is uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. W- way too hot wife for me for me backslash heart pump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thanks again. Yeah. And thank you all so much for uh, tuning in this week. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, like always, we'll be back next week with another fantastic conversation. But in the meantime, a few things you could do to help us. Go to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a review, hit the subscribe button, and get your mom to do it too. And if you don't have a mom, then get your dad to do it. And if you don't have a dad, get your other orphan brothers and sisters to do it. Thank you. Oh, another yeah. thing you can do is head on over to Patreon. You can go over to... <coughs> <clears throat> patreon.com slash sickboy and if you want to help us out and contribute to our our uh, crowdfunding there then you can do that and it's a great way if you want to get engaged with us yeah. um, you know you get access at, f- at five dollars or at five dollars or more you get access to the discord community which uh, you know you can ask us questions when it's, we record it's basically episodes. a giant chat room yep we're, um, on, we're on there yeah. we're on there having chats with everybody uh, yeah. on a you know it's 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 like it's it's like our own it's like you you know when you're in the a really great uh, like Facebook conversation group or like a text group with your friends. It's like <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, Jared. Yeah. You love it. It's like that yeah. with us all the time. And I know you just you're just tickle that me feeling. tickle me pink. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and and what what else have we got? I mean, I don't know if the promote if the thing's still running right now, Brian. I mean, I think as long the- as I mean, when we recorded this, there's still uh, there's still some limited uh, exclusive limited time. Honestly, only, I think uh, the best way to do it is just go to patreon.com slash sickboy and read. Yeah. There's there's cool patches though. Cool shit. What about all the people out there who can't read or who are blind? Uh, there's some sort of like, um, Oh, um, be my eyes, get that app. And then you'll probably might, maybe you'll dial in one of us. I love that app. And then we'll help you. If you're blind out there and you're listening to this, we'll read it for you. Um, cool. You can also, uh, uh, go onto the discord community and, Give a big shout out and thank you to Donovan, uh, the Meerkat Morgan, for the amazing sound design on this podcast. Ew. He just made this whole thing sound like we are inside Adam's heart pump. So like, Holy there's fuck. all these like mechanics and machinery Whoa. going on. You can hear it all right now. Yeah, listen to it. Um, and wow, it's, and that's really really cool. And then like, it's it's less machiny and more like electrical. Whoa! Oh my yeah, god! Dude. I think I just cut my arm off. Yeah. Whoa! Oh, it's got a good oh. beat. I, oh, shit. I can put my arm back on. <laughs> you can't. You can't. Oh, Dude, those are those are sick. Was that, were those in the states? Astar, Waramps robot. No, my name is Astar. Canadian. I don't know. I feel like man, we we really Waramps is Canada. It is. Yeah, we yeah. killed it in the um, in the commercials in like the in like the the info commercial realm when we were kids. Like fucking heritage <clears throat> moments, dude. Um, 
the the Louis the light bulb. Louis remember? the light bulb. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The power lines are down. Yeah. Don't you come around? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, don't, don't you, you put, put it in your, in mouth? your mouth? Can you put it in your mouth? That's a massive one. If yeah. you don't know what it is, they don't. Ha- they don't have that today. That's not a thing now. Like those things don't exist now. You just consume ads. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, well, that's yeah. That's, that's all I. And the band, yeah, and Jamesy, yeah. There's a band that plays music, and we're you know it, the, the jury's still out on what their name is. It doesn't um, really matter because they don't have any music online yeah. except for you can actually hear the full version of our intro and outro song, um, which is actually a great song to <laughs> listen to, and you can hear that at Take Part in This. .bandcamp.com And all their music is fucking great So yeah. just go listen to all of it That is it for this week I'm Brian I'm Taylor I'm Jeremy uh, Adam Delory And this is Sick Boy <laughs> Last name <laughs> For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.